welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. Uh, what we're going to do today is, is we're going to continue our series called Grow in Grace. And during this se- series, we're actually exploring different uh, re- relationships or parts of grace and how it works out into our relationships in our lives. And what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at um, we're going to look at grace for change. Uh, but but two weeks ago we looked at grace for we, and we looked how God has supplied supernatural abilities to us so that we can have a supernatural love for one another as, as we gather as the church, the people of God. Uh, we see this in the fruit of the Spirit, which is given to us by grace, and then we see this in the um, the gifts of the Spirit, which is given to us. By grace, and the theme verse for our series, why we say grow in grace, is Second Peter three eighteen says, "But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity, Amen." So today, again, looking at um, we're looking at growing in grace for change, and we have these moments where we need something to change, and I was thinking about. A time several years ago when one of my sons wasn't sleeping. It was really a situation where um, pretty much every half an hour, every hour, uh, if we were lucky, one of our sons would wake up and, and he would come in and wake us up. And this went on for months and months and months on end. And, and I, I was pretty frustrated because nothing was working. We tried everything and, and I was praying and, and telling the Lord how, how frustrated I was with this situation and how much it needed to change. And and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and said, well, Cody, are, are you showing the grace towards your son that I have shown to you with the things that you need to change in your life? And it was just this big aha for me. And, and not only did it change my heart, but I, I, I started to reflect on, you know, I don't know that anything really drastically has changed in my life without the, the, the grace of God. And so I started to apply that grace that I've received to my son in his life, and things slowly started to change, and, 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 and he eventually got over it, and, and it made a difference in, in our relationship, too, as, as we walked through that. Now, we all have uh, plenty of situations that, that we would love to change right now. You know, we have, um, we have, we have hurts and, and hang-ups and habits and, and relationships that we would like to change, and emotional physical health that we would like to change and and and, and there's th- all of those things that we want to change and but the water gets muddier because then we realize that uh, there's a million and one different ways that we're marketed to about how to change those things and the problem is is that they're all about temporary change they're all the, uh, typically uh, well-meaning and, and, and they work somewhat, but, but unless they have the main ingredient of human change, they're just temporary and they're just fads that come along. And so of the many approaches and of the different ways out there um, that there are to change, unless they have this one ingredient, um, then they don't last. There's not lasting change that you and I really long for. Temporary is easy, but that lasting change where we're really transformed into a different person, not just in areas of our lives, but radically transformed altogether. Change for the real me, just not surface level change, but the real me. And you know, the real me, the real you, doesn't change 
without God's grace. It doesn't change for the long run without God's grace. It, it just doesn't happen. And, and, and the good news is that, is that we do not truly change for the long run unless our thinking changes. Our thinking has to change to be able to change because the things in our lives that we don't like, that we want to change, are because we think a certain way. And we go down that road and we've developed this over time. But the good news is that God's grace actually changes our thinking. It actually makes a difference in our lives. So today, we're going to find out that God's grace has the power to change the real you. That God's grace isn't just the vehicle that brings about salvation. That God's grace isn't just the thing that brings up like ways for us to love each other supernaturally within the church. God's grace just doesn't bring so that we can forgive other people. But it actually brings in this life where we actually can change. It has power and it can change our thinking in our lives. And it's similar to this. On the way over to the church uh, um, this morning, uh, I, I saw I saw these uh, these kids, this family, a mom and a few kids that we know, and they were flying these kites. And it just brought me back to my childhood. I used to love to fly kites. But the kites were just flying high and the wind was underneath them. And if you think of a kite, it's it's made to soar. But without the wind, it can't soar. It just lays there on the ground. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. But when the wind picks up and it pulls everything together, it integrates everything that was designed for that kite, and then the kite soars. You and I are that way too. When the grace of God comes into our lives and it works in our lives and, and works itself out in the areas that we want to change and ultimately our true selves, what happens is, is we soar because we become integrated in our thinking. We become integrated in how we approach life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, God communicates a clear path for change for our thinking, for change for our lives that's lasting. He communicates it actually all throughout the Bible, all throughout the New Testament. But today we're going to look at some of the path that he shows us in the letter to the Hebrews. It's called the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament. And, and so that's what we're going to look at today. And it starts with, in chapter 1, verse 1, verse 3, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 3, with this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So the way that God changes our thinking is that he speaks to us, communicates to us, and then our, our thinking is changed, which changes our lives. Now, I don't know if you caught it, but in verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And the point is, is like, look, God has communicated in all sorts of ways, through history, through prophets, through people, through his word. And then now, here's, here's the, the big crescendo that it built up to, which is now God's son, God himself, would now communicate to us to bring about this change in our thinking, this change in our lives that it comes. And so it's through Jesus. Now chapters 1 through 4 of Hebrews shows this picture 
of the Israelites, the chosen people of God, and how God communicates to them over and over again, but they will not change their thinking no matter how clear he communicated with them. And there's kind of this sense within the chapters leading up to chapter 4 that, like, is there any hope for, like, real lasting change amongst people? Because these are the chosen people of God, but it's, it's just not happening here. And then there's this journey of Israel, and, and, and it's really this unbelief. Like, they don't cross into the promised land. They're rescued miraculously from Pharaoh and from Egypt and from slavery, but then they never enter into the promised land, this generation that was rescued. The next generation entered in because they would not believe God. Their thinking wouldn't change in the way that they related to God and in the way that related to each other and into themselves. But then in chapter 4, the writer of Hebrews introduces Jesus in a new way introduces Jesus as the high priest champion that pulls this together. So actually there is hope for real change in our lives. And and he's the high priest, remember, that lived a perfect life and then laid down his life, died, and then defeated death itself and rose from the grave. And he did that for us. He was crucified for us. He rose from the grave for us that we may change and be made right with God. And I I know some of you may be thinking, well, that's all kind of ethereal and and, and kind of up here in the clouds. But listen, this is real practical ideas and theology. This hits street level in our lives because it's not just about your salvation, but it's about your transformation. It's just not about a transaction of being saved, but now God's working in our lives and his power that rose Jesus from the grave is working within you and I to change us and transform us. That's what happens when somebody comes to know Jesus Christ. Doesn't that sound good? I was thinking recently about when I played high school football and, and they used to have this uh, uh, this uh, drill called bull in the ring. And so if you were in the middle of the ring, this circle of, of your teammates, and, and you'd kind of keep your feet going and looking around, and, and then the coach would call a number or the name of a player. And then that player, you know, even if he was behind you, would just come running at you, everything that he has uh, to come hit you. And you had to hit, hit him and go to the next guy. And that's a little bit like our lives sometimes. We, we, we're, we're, we're in the ring, and we're trying to make change, but, but life keeps hitting us, and, and we just can never seem to get ahead. But what a difference... When we allow God's power and grace to come into our lives to help with the change. Now remember, God can do it an instant, what we could spend our whole lives trying to do. That's how powerful he is in our lives. Now this path in Hebrews, in chapter 4, it gets more focused with the high priest, Jesus, with this. In chapter uh, chapter 4, verse 14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. So Jesus is our champion for lasting change because Jesus ascended into heaven and he entered God's promised land. Whereas the Israel, the people of God, they didn't walk into the promised land. That's the whole contrast there. But now Jesus has done this. His journey was perfect from beginning to end and he did that. And so we can grab onto that and that grace and that power works in our lives now. And then in verse 15 of chapter 4, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So again, Jesus is our champion for lasting change because Jesus was tempted 
in all of the ways that we uh, have have lived our our lives and thought in ways that aren't helpful or unhealthy to us, that have developed habits and hang-ups and hurts in our lives, Jesus was tempted with those things, and yet he did not sin. And so Jesus had that journey, and he's our champion because of that, because he did it perfectly. And what happens is, is now the grace that comes is his journey that was perfect is now our journey as it works out in our lives. And so Jesus brings lasting change by delivering grace. He did it perfectly, but then he brings grace to us. And he delivers that grace. John chapter 1, verse 17, um, he communicates that grace. It says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So again, God is communicating grace through Jesus Christ to us to change our lives. So what do we do with this? Like, like, how do we take this home? That's usually what we say when, when we're in person here. We say, okay, how do we take this home? So in other words, how, how do we do this? What, what do we need to do? Uh, and, and you're at home already, so how do, you, how do you keep it home with you, okay? Well, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so like me with my son, in my time of need, where I needed real change to come into my life, God reminded me of grace. And so Jesus is right there for us. But if we break down this verse here, we see a path that we can take to bring our, our need in our time of need, we bring it to God and we walk through this process of allowing grace to work in the things that we want changed in our lives, to change the, the items or areas in our lives, the relationships in our lives, but then ultimately to really change the real us. Here's what it is. First, it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So the first thing that we do to walk this path is to approach or draw near. So first, whatever area of change you have, you need in your life, approach God. Approach God about that change. In the verse here, if you look at it, verse 16, approach God's throne of grace with what? With confidence. And this speaks of like a free and fearless confidence. Just free and fearless. Don't you just want to live that way? And that's what Jesus has done, is that you and I can approach God that way, that we're free and fearless and with such confidence. So number one, approach God with your life or situation that you want changed and draw near to him. Bring it to him. Let him know that you need help, right? That, that wonderful, brilliant prayer that many of us have learned to pray. Help! Help God! Approach him with confidence, knowing that he hears you. The next part of, of the verse, so that we may receive mercy. So the second part of it is, is to receive. So you approach God with confidence, free confidence, free and fearless. And then when you get with God, you receive from him. What do you receive? Well, you receive mercy. Well, it partly involves, mercy partly involves not getting the full consequences that would happen from the areas of our lives that we've maybe messed up or things that we want to change. That's part of the mercy. 
But then also, too, part of it is confession. Now, confession is a breed. So when I confess to God, you know, God, um, you know, what I've been saying, the words of my mouth uh, about other people, or, or, or God, uh, the things that I've been thinking, um, or, or God, um, the, the way I've been spending my time, or, or, or God, you know, the, the substance I'm abusing, or, or, uh, or God, the way that I'm treating people, or, or the way, all these things, right? We, we go into all these areas. When we confess, we say to God, we confess, God, that we agree that your way of interacting these, with these areas is, is the right way. And the way that I'm handling them is destroying me. And it's hurting me. And so God, would you make that change with me as I confess? And would you show me mercy? So we receive mercy. That's the second step. The next step is we find grace. So we approach or draw near to God. We receive mercy, right? So open hands when we're with God, we receive from Him, right? You think of a receiver on the football field. The receiver doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't start things off. He simply, his job is to catch the ball. Or the first baseman, when the ball's hit at second base and, and he, he puts his glove out and he's waiting for it, his job is simply to receive and make it his. And so now what we do is, as we receive mercy, we're in this place where we feel solid and, and things aren't turning out as bad because we're trusting God and, and we're not in charge anymore. We're saying, God, I want you to be in charge. Now all of a sudden we're in this place where we find grace, where we come across grace. That's what this picture is, is where we find grace. It's like defined for oneself. It's very personal. You know, anybody can tell you all sorts of things about God or any, any sort of ideas or, or, or places or things, but it's all different when you find it for yourself. When you, when you get to the place where you find something for yourself and you say, you know what, um, I, I believe now. That happened with Jesus. If you remember with the woman at the well, his disciples went into town and he met this woman and, and, and Jesus uh, read her mail, right? He told her about her life and talked to her about the Messiah and she talked about the Messiah and, 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 and she had a radical encounter with God. And then, and then she went and told everybody in town just about how Jesus had made this incredible difference in her lives as grace came into her life because she wanted her life to change. You know, she went to the well at, at, at noon and when none of the other women were there, so she lacked friends, she felt ashamed. She wanted her life to change and, and the grace of God came in and transformed her. So she went to everybody in town and told that to everybody. But then, you know, everybody came out and, and, and talked to Jesus and this is what they said. They said, they said, you know, we we believed and we were amazed because of because of what you told us, but now we believe because we've seen. We found out for ourselves. So that's the path with anything that you want to change, including your life today, right? You may have a little bit of the meal, or maybe it's the whole enchilada. Maybe you are just like, hey, Cody, I've got enough, like not just little areas. I just, I need it all. Like I, I really need God to take control of my life. I need to trust him with my life. I need to surrender to him. Approach God, draw near to him. Receive mercy, that includes, um, that includes confession, like God... I need your way. I'm going to live your way. Your way's better than mine. And then finding grace in the midst of that. Undeserved favor, right? So God's grace alone has the power to change the real you. Uh, it absolutely does. There's short-term fixes, and there's plenty of them. You can spend your whole life trying to do short-term fixes for all the different areas that you would like to change in your life. 
But if you mix in God's grace, that's the component, that's the change that really happens. And what's fun about it is, is, that, is that lives are changed and then communities are changed. It's this domino effect, this ripple effect that happens. And you may have heard, or not, um, Father Greg Boyle, uh, he actually, uh, he, he ministers in, in, in Los Angeles, and he started Homeboy Industries. And he, he, he wrote a book that uh, my wife and I read, and, and, um, and it's just, it, it's so encouraging, and, and just all these stories of, of change, uh, the grace of God changing. But he, he started Homeboy Industries, and, and instead of trying to um, get jobs, like local businesses, to, to create jobs for gang members as, as they were trying to um, change their lives, or they came out of jail and they needed jobs, he started this industry where he created jobs for them. And you can imagine, as he's done this for over 30 years, how these lives uh, have changed and how the community has changed. Well, he's received lots of awards for his work there. And so what he does is he sends, um, he sends the um, ex-gang members uh, to receive the awards for them. And so they come up on stage and they're expecting uh, Father Gray uh, to be receiving it. And instead, uh, one of um, one of the young men that he's helping uh, gets up on stage, and I, one of the stories in there was about a young man that um, he didn't want to give the acceptance speech. He didn't want to read this paragraph that they helped him put together, but he read it, and this is the gist. He basically shared. He, he said, "You know, Father Greg believed in me, and so I was able to start believing in myself." And they clapped and gave a standing ovation for him, and. He just couldn't believe it, that they were clapping for him. See, Father Greg created this, this environment, this culture, where grace flowed, where grace could move in and out of people's lives to bring change. And that's why he has, has the homeboys, right, uh, go and accept them, because he says, hey, they're the one that have changed, and they're the heroes. And it's so wonderful, because that's what Jesus does with us. Jesus, by his work on the cross, by his perfect life that he lived, by defeating death, rising from the grave, sending the Holy Spirit to empower us to receive and live in this real change, now what Jesus does is he interacts and moves in our lives, and then our lives are changed. And yeah, we get, we get the applause some of the times. Not in like a grandiose way, look at me, but like we really become changed people. By the grace of God, that, that people look and say, wow, that person's transformed. That's not the same person I knew. Wow, look at the change in their life. But if we want it to be lasting, remember, temporary change is, is cheap. Anybody can do that. But lasting change, real change, eternal change, that only comes by the grace of Jesus Christ into our lives and so I want to encourage you today, let the God that made you, let the one that bought you with his blood, Jesus Christ, into your pain, into your struggle, into the things that you want to change in your life, no matter how small they are. You may have something so small that you want to change in your life today. Invite God into the midst of that. You'll never be the same. He'll work in your life. And a matter of fact, if, if you're making a, a decision for Jesus Christ today, if you've decided, you know, it's not just that I want to change areas of my life, I want to change my life. I want to know this Jesus. I want to receive his free gift of eternal life and have things change with God. Then you can do that right now. Just a, just a real simple prayer. 
a real simple prayer is, is Lord, come into my life. So let's pray that, right? Let's pray a simple prayer. Uh, pray the words out loud after me. And it's not, uh, there's not magic in the prayer, but it's, it's the intent of your heart meeting the intent of God's heart, which is for your, just to know his love and to be transformed into the person you're made to be. So let's pray this prayer together as we close today. Lord, come into my life. I am in need of a Savior. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me and make me new. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the grave, from the dead. So now fill me with new life by your Holy Spirit. I now make you Savior and Lord of my life. Now listen, if you, uh, you, know, if you prayed that prayer today, uh, if you would text the word receive to 97,000, and let us know that, that, that you mean business with Jesus, that you, that you see the, the intensity that he's loved you and, and gone after you, and you're like, hey, I, I want to receive that, and we'll help you in that relationship with Jesus. Uh, you know, somebody did that for me over 30 years ago uh, when I gave my life to Christ as a teenager and uh, never been the same. I'm so grateful for those people that God put alongside. So we want to do that for you too. Uh, wherever you're at right now, uh, whatever things you need help with uh, for change, um, email me, okay? Reach out. Um, send, send, send us a message letting us know what God's doing in your life and what you need help with. We're absolutely here to help. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.